Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country. Odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Without further ado, we got some breaking news here um, at the BetQL Network, especially at Bet MGM Tonight. But more importantly, joining us on the Roman Guest Line is the brand new host of the new BetQL show on Sundays from 48 p.m. right after my show. Bet Nation, Sean Morat. Sean, thank you for joining the show, and congratulations. Welcome to the family, sir. What's up? Happy to be here and happy to see Ryan's riding with me with Curry and the Warriors tonight. So hopefully we both make a little money tonight. Oh, this this, this is always terrible when we have someone come on the show for the first time. He's they like, agree with Ryan off the elite, top. Elite Ryan, Ryan feels Ryan like right the elite of the what, elite what? when somebody comes on. I like, do you not. Know, yes, you do. I do not. Somebody no, comes on no, like, you know what? I love Ryan's play. And then everybody's just no. like, kumbaya. Hey, hey, you're st- holding hands. Oh, I got a nice boost. I got Curry scoring 30 points in Warriors money line tonight. It's a nice boost. So hearing Ryan's like that, I'm rolling with it tonight. Let's go. Well, Ryan, you run the interview now then. I don't even know if I, I like actually this guy. actually have to say something right, right off the top because because we don't even know each other, Sean. I'm, it's pl- I'm pleasure to meet your acquaintance, but me and you have beef. You too, Tristan. Oh, wow. Whoa, already? Whoa, he doesn't, he doesn't even get... You wow. He didn't even say, well, thank you for joining. Like, he didn't, he didn't even give his Twitter handle out. You already have beef. This And this is why you got hacked. Yeah, you don't even have Twitter you anymore. Have, you, you have any... beef with people for no reason, but hey, please, go ahead. By all means. Sean... I just have to say how despicable it is oh. that you are a Christmas tree shamer. What do you mean I'm a Christmas tree you shamer? Came, you came after Joe Judge because it's January 13th and he still has his Christmas tree up. And, That's why I got and, truthfully, and truthfully, I still have my Christmas tree up and, and, and shamelessly I have it up. Well, that's why you so got what Trisha, should let, you in your mind <laughs> put the tree up and when should you take it down? Well, look, I am very big on the week of Thanksgiving getting that up. Jeez. And there are plenty of people that say, ah, it's too early to put it up. You can't be too early to put it up, person, and then complain or, or keep it up midway through January. That's it. If Once it's January 1st, if you, don't, if you don't have it down, you have at the very least this not light stuff up. And for Joe Judge to have big round ornaments on his stoop as he stumbles around <laughs> collecting pizza boxes, yeah, yeah. You know how easy it is to pick that up and put it in a shed. It's not even asking you to get on a ladder; it's a disgrace. Uh, if we're, we, when, when's the cutoff? Move on here. We're almost at ground. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's February one. You know, Tristan. No, that's actually. I, I'm. I'm 
I have beef with you now. <laughs> I, I did not know I sat this close to someone who still has a Christmas tree up, and it oh, is January 13th. Listen, I might or might so not have December waited till like December 22nd to put it up. So it's like, I'm actually Team Trista on this one, man. My wife actually wants to take it. To, I, well, here, here's the thing. She always wants to do it on a Sunday, like a red zone Sunday. I'm not taking the Christmas tree down on a, on a football weekend. Man. No chance. So what she did was she just did it herself. She also cuts the grass, does the dishes, you know, everything else. Uh, hey, who do you want the next? Hey, Sean, Sean, who do you want? Now that, now that you've uh, you finally Welcome got rid of Joe Judge, yeah. who do you want the next head coach of the New York Giants to be? Uh, well, this is kind of a cop-out, but I want the next coach of the New York Giants to be whoever the right general manager wants to be. I'm sick of looking at head coaches and assuming that it's got to be a line. So, for instance, if they hire Joe Shane from the Bills and he loves Brian Dable, then that's who I want, Brian Dable. On the surface, of course, I want Brian Flores to be the head coach because I do would like have somebody with a little bit of experience and not have Joe Judge like he came in blindly, although I wasn't the biggest Joe Judge hater. But that would be what I would prefer. Hmm. So, so kind of a kind of a cop out answer, I understand, but the Giants have been so unaligned forever that they need true alignment. Before I ask you about the uh before we get to the playoffs, what about Daniel Jones? He's gonna get another year. What do you think about Daniel Jones, your opinion on him? Well, I think Daniel Jones' injury concerns are way, way bigger deal than his talent concerns, to be honest with you. I've watched every snap of Daniel Jones' career three times, yeah. if not more, because I'm a nut job like that. Same. Uh Daniel Jones actually has Really good ability, improved on his biggest weakness, turning the ball over. But ultimately, if you're never on the field, what good are you? The Giants fans were spoiled with Eli Manning never missing games. Yeah, And I understand. I mean, look, the Ravens' season sunk once Tyler Huntley went in. you got to have a capable backup. But also, you got to at least have a shot to play 17 games now, if not 16 games a year. And he hasn't given them that once in any year in his career. And then what has to suck as a Giants fan is you got to watch both the Eagles and the Cowboys this weekend. Let's start. Let's actually start with this Eagles-Tampa Bay game because I think the Niners-Cowboys sure. is probably going to be the main event of the weekend. But Eagles-Cowboys... Yeah, which, which our show will debut live during Niners-Cowboys. We'll be tracking all those live bets throughout that game. Oh, you're lucky. So you get this one. You don't get Eagles. So you got Eagles-Tampa Bay, Q? Yeah, we're, we're, we're the show before that. So well, okay. we get Eagles-Tampa Bay. I keep, so, Sean, I keep hearing And I'm everybody... a Washington football team fan. So it's like Washington oh, football team yeah, fan, there you go. Giants fan, just <laughs> watching other NFC East teams, I don't know, compete when uh, our team is not. There you go. I just, so I'm used to it by now. I'm used to it by now. True. Sean, people like the Eagles this weekend to cover the eight and a half. The numbers come down a little bit, and everybody's talking about how this is a favorable matchup, but the Eagles like to run the ball, and Tampa Bay doesn't allow you to run the ball. So how is this a favorable matchup, and what are you playing, if anything, in this game? All right, so, well, two things to know. Number one, the, the over-under number throughout the week's dropped four points because of, I mean, this is crazy to think. We think of Buffalo in bad weather. Tampa is going to have extreme winds and a monsoon-like rain all game long. Nice. That's what the weather's calling for. So, obviously, you would think, all right, maybe Tom Brady hampered a little bit. But, look, Brady's played in bad weather, in cold, bad weather. I think the Bucks are still going to find a way to move the ball. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. Philly got back to their roots of running the ball, and that's what changed their season. But, ultimately, I think they're going to be swallowed up in this game. And I think Jalen Hurts going to have a couple bad moments, maybe a couple slippery turnovers. Yeah. I like the Bucks to cover, although – I don't think it's as big a, a shootout. This could be easily be 24-10, something like that, but it still gets you the cover. Quick question for you, Sean. I know this is not regarding the playoffs, but I, I saw that you had some things to say. What is your assessment of the fact that the Houston Texans just one year in fired David Culley? And, like, how do you explain that? Do you think that's just trying to scapegoat him, or do you think that they're actually trying to keep Deshaun Watson? Well, I, I think that the Sean Watson angle makes sense with Brian Flores. If that's really, and maybe it's a crazy hypothetical, and obviously Deshaun Watson felt burned by the front office, but 
you know, David Culley, that, that's a terrible job screwing him over like that. It's not like the Texans gave up with all that talent. They played better. They were actually a cover machine at points, yeah. except for mm-hmm. that Niner game that got away from them. It's hard to imagine another head coach who gets a first crack doing a better job than David Culley did keeping that team together in the second half. So waiting a couple days to fire him and scapegoat him only after Brian Flores was fired, I know there's a lot of different reports out there kind of twisting in the wind. Which way do they go? So Gerard Mayo might be a consideration. But if Brian Flores is their target, I have to think he's their target because this organization still in their heart of hearts really wants Deshaun Watson to be their quarterback. And maybe that is some kind of crazy big turn that we're going to talk about in this offseason where, oh, no, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, whatever happens legally gets cleared to play. And suddenly he's actually going to stay because the head coach he wanted to play for in Miami is now the head coach in Houston. I do think that's a nice, juicy storyline that's worth watching. We're joined now by Sean Marash. He has a new BetQL show on Sundays, 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern time called Bet Nation. Um, it's right after our show. Myself, Quinn Mayo, and, Tri- and I was about to say Tristan Thompson, which he's also in the news. He's a, you got Tristan Thompson? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Busy. I think he's too busy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I say, he's, he's very busy. Car- I, I Thompson? I wouldn't want my name beside You're going to be babysitting some kids I don't want show. no kids in the studio. This is grown <laughs> folks business. Myself and Travis <laughs> Thomas um, on Sunday's bets. Um, Sean, uh, looking at this game, where, and Ryan and I were talking about this before we – actually, no, forget that game. Let's talk about the Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. The third time these sure. two teams are facing off with each other. I'm just one of those guys where I just love greatness. I love – the history of how good you've been. I love, I bet Nick Saban like every chance I got because he's an awesome coach and any situation is never too big for him. Same thing I feel in this game with the New England Patriots. I just love Belichick and back. I know he's got a rookie quarterback, but I kind of like a Patriots team, especially in the third meeting between both of these teams against Buffalo. They show that they can beat them in the last taste that the Patriots had in their mouth was a beatdown in Gillette Stadium. What are you leaning in this game? Because I really want to take Mac Jones and the Young Bull against this this Buffalo Bills team that's kind of been underwhelming this year. I love that you use the word leaning because I have hardly committed to this game, but my lean is the Patriots right now, mm-hmm. and I have been – Burned on the Patriots all year long. I've been on the Patriots, overrided, actually stink, don't believe in Mac Jones' train. And then here I am in the playoffs this week going, you know, yeah, Josh Allen came alive in New England, but I know this game's not going to be the big win game like we saw on Monday night, but we're talking about, you know, wind chills below zero up in Buffalo. That feels like Belichick licking his chops. All the pressure on this game is on Buffalo and on Josh Allen. Remember, this is a team preseason that had real Super Bowl hopes to get past the AFC title game. And I think it was Matt Castle made a great point from you know all his time studying under Tom Brady that in New England, they do such a good job that when you see a team for a third time, it makes everything as a rookie quarterback that much easier in understanding what blitzes are coming when because come mm. playoff time, teams just aren't going to change that up. They're going to stick with what worked. And for Mac Jones in this spot, he's not going to be asked to do too much, but this won't be an unfamiliar look that he's getting. He's already you know seen this now twice. And I think, honestly, this is a first-score game. If New England scores first, I think it's that important, calms everything down for Mac Jones. I think that's where maybe if you wait to bet the game, you jump on New England live if you can, mm. because then I think that's a spot. Because if Buffalo goes up in this game 14 nothing, 10 nothing, something like that, I, I just that's where I won't trust Mac Jones having yeah. to throw his way out of coming back into this game. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I said with that one, too. What about the Steelers and the Chiefs? I think we all expect the Chiefs to move on, but they're minus 750 on the money line, and the uh, spread is 12.5. I'm actually leaning... Just jumping on the Big Ben Express, man. 12 and a half points is a lot for a playoff game. Which way are you doing? Uh, which way are you going on yeah. this one? Edit Harrowhead. Yeah, and it, hmm. and it fell to it fell from 13 and a half, which would have been yeah. the highest uh, or the biggest underdog, obviously, wild card weekend. 
Uh, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, it's only, what, three weeks ago, they lose this game 20 by 26 points, whatever it was. But the difference here in this spot is I, I do think a healthy Najee Harris matters for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Obviously, They can obviously attack on the ground. And Patrick Mahomes might be the best player in the field. The second best player on the field is T.J. Watt. And I think the Steelers in this spot just need to go back and look at that Super Bowl tape because they have the horses like the Bucks did pass rush-wise to get after Patrick Mahomes and mix things up. Don't just run your straight-up four-look four pass rush. You've got to switch up some blitz looks. I think Mike Tomlin's a smart enough coach to do that. I think this game could get a little close for comfort in the first half, and as a result, the Chiefs will find a way in the second half. But that number, again, a little too big for me. I, I do worry a little bit of a backdoor cover, so maybe I'd protect myself late with a live bet. But, no, I'm, I'm rolling with the Steelers getting the points here. Sean, Arizona Cardinals, L.A. Rams, they've both traded uh, wins on each other's, uh, the opposite player uh, team's turf, excuse me. <clears throat> but no D-hop. And the Rams' D-line is coming. They're healthier than ever. How do you think that the Arizona Cardinals not only can cover this number at four, uh, but also can win this game outright? I know it, it feels like all of the Sharps and all the people that we talk to think it's going to be a Rams' easy win. Yeah, I don't know about a Rams easy win because how, is Matt Stafford going to put the Rams in a hole? So how the how the Cardinals cover? Well, they play their game and they hope that Matt Stafford does what he did more often than not in the second half of the year and that is give the ball away once or twice early. It became a pick six machine, yeah. and I think that's just got to be an aggressive look for the for the Cardinals. Try to rush him into a little confusion. Maybe do some spy looks over the top on Cooper Cup. Not allow him to have that safety look. And ultimately, I, look, I think this is just a spot where you sit back, you play your game defensively, you get aggressive, and you assume in many ways that Matt Stafford is going to turn the ball over because that's what he's done. And once you turn that over, that can't be three, that's got to be seven. And if the Cardinals find a way into 14 points in that first half because Matt Stafford is choking himself with all the pressure, that's the recipe for success. And, of course, controlling that thing on the ground a little bit for Arizona as well. Sean, thank you so much for joining the show. And really quickly, remind the people where you're going to be and also your social media handle, uh, your brand-new show, right. of course. You could follow me on Twitter, at CBS. Don't worry, I'll explain that whole nickname thing that comes from CBS Sports Radio. It's M-R-A-Z, CBS, 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern, BetQL Network, everywhere that you could find BetQL, all our affiliates, the website, the Odyssey app. Me and Kevin Kenny taking you through the Cowboys and the Niners and every Sunday there on after live bets, the whole deal, 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern.